Today, we are kind of in a standalone spot, all right? Sock Center is starting a new series this week that we are starting next week. Between here and Easter, we're going to kind of be a week behind them, and there is a reason for that. Uh, Pastor Kyle wants to speak uh, one of the messages here, but he can't do that at the same time as Sock Center. So it's going to kind of be staggered. Um, so if you're one of those people that kind of goes to both campuses, just realize that we are going to be one week off, and you may end up catching two of the same messages or missing one and wanting to go back and watch it online. But what I'm excited about is this morning, that leaves us in a spot where we are not in a series. We just got done talking about uh, prayer for basically the whole first part of 2021. We talked about how as a church we want to pray first. And we don't want to just pray uh, just kind of lazy, boring prayers. We want to pray dangerous prayers that are going to pull us outside of our comfort zone and, and cause us to rely on God even more than we ever have before. All right, And we talked about this because this is such a key value for us as a church. This is part of who we are. All right, And next week we are going to be starting a series that is also a key value of our church and part of who we are. And that is talking about missions. We are a church that believes in missions, that believes in missions right here locally, believes in missions around the world, uh, and we actually take a lot of our church budget and put that towards missions because we believe in this. So we are going to start talking about that, but this week, I get to just share, you know, a little bit of what's been on my heart. I love kind of taking a week in between series and saying, God, what is it that you want to speak to us? What is it that we need to be thinking about all right, and so I have something that's kind of been on my heart for a little while here as I've spent time with God. Uh, I believe it's a timely message for us here in Long Prairie at, at our location. And so the title of the message today is this, You Matter. You Matter. All right, every single one of you, myself, we matter. All right, so I, I want us just to kind of be, be uh, open to what God has for us this morning, ready for him to speak to us. Uh, so as we get ready to read this passage together that we're going to look at, uh, if you're able across this room, can we just kind of stand to our feet this morning as we read the passage that we are going to be looking at today? All right, we are in Ephesians chapter 4, if you have a Bible, otherwise it's going to be on the screen behind me. And look at this, you probably will actually be able to read it now compared to the tiny screens we have been using for the last three months. So hopefully, oh, it's still kind of small. I'm sorry if it's too small. So here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. All right, let's pray. God, we pray that we would uh, just see this passage of Scripture maybe in a new light if we've read this before, if this has been something that has been part of us. Uh, God, if this is new to us, Lord, either way, we pray that you would just speak to our hearts right now this morning. God, we ask that in your name. 
Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. So our world is constantly changing, all right? And in so many ways. Like if you think that our church has been changing over the last few weeks, it has been. Uh, but the reality is, is it's kind of the same idea with our world. Every day you walk out and the world could have completely new things happening. All right, there we go. And, uh, and I started thinking about this idea uh, of how quickly things change. Now, one of the changes uh, that happens is it often surrounds technology, all right? And one that I've noticed recently is this, uh, and, and I like this change, is when you go into some fast food restaurants now, they have a little touchscreen kiosk where you can order your food, all right? Has anybody had a chance to use one of those? Yes? Okay, so Subway in town, I know they have one of those. You pull up and you can touch what you want, do all these different things, all right? A lot of McDonald's have them as well. Uh, now, this was a game changer for me at McDonald's, all right? And here's why. I love Big Macs, okay? Anybody else like Big Macs? Where's my Big Mac people at? Okay, I like Big Macs only because of the Mac sauce that is on them. That's, that's the best part. The rest of it, it's a thin burger. It kind of falls apart as you eat it. It's not that great. But the Mac sauce is amazing. Now, I was in a McDonald's doing this touchscreen thing. And you get to pick all the things that go on your burger and don't go on your burger. And I found out that you can put Mac sauce on anything. Okay, you can put it on any burger. I've yet to try it on anything, all right? I don't think I want it on like an apple pie or something. But you can put Mac sauce on a quarter pound burger. All right, some of you guys needed to hear that today. This is, this is the life-changing moment that happened at church. This week, you're going to be like, my life was changed at church. All right? And it's because you know now that you can put Big Mac sauce on any burger at McDonald's. All right? I also usually feel a little more confident that my order is going to be correct when I do it on this touchscreen. Nothing against the workers at any place. It's actually more about I can go back and I can look at my order. I can see what's on there. I don't like pickles. I want to take those off. And, and I feel confident in what I'm ordering. All right, all these different things. And I can take my time doing it because they do that in the drive-thru, but you have like 10 cars behind you and you get so nervous and you're like, oh, I got to get going. All right, so I feel confident in what I'm doing. Fast food ordering is one of the ways that our world is changing, but our, our world is changing quickly especially with technology. All right, a customer service. You go online, you rarely get a real person, right? Like you start chatting and it says some bot is talking to you. And you're like, come on, I want to talk to a person. All right, assembly lines. You have uh, machines that are working and putting things together that used to be people putting things together. The idea of self-driving cars. All right, like that's crazy. But, you know, actually if you think about it, we, like pilots get in a plane, a plane and put it on autopilot. Okay, that's kind of the same, except there's just not as many planes flying through the air. Uh, Self-driving cars. Bank tellers. Uh, I, when I go to my bank right now, I can put stuff into an ATM. It, it handles everything for me. And one of the best ones, vacuums. Right? Like, you can just buy a vacuum, turn it on. It just vacuums. Your whole house. By itself. It's amazing what, what some of these things are doing. But, you know what? I think some people have a lot of they don't feel great about some of these changes. And I think some of it is because of this. Part of the reason that people are opposed to some of this is because it makes it feel like the person that was doing that job previously doesn't matter. 
right? Like, uh, if, if you show up to work one day and you're like, oh, I've been replaced by a robot. Okay, I guess my job, did I really matter? You know, like, and we start to get these feelings of like, ah, oh, I don't like that everything is moving to this automated thing. You know, how important and vital to our world am I if I'm replaced by a robot? Uh, and, and this thought of, of insignificance, of feeling like we don't matter, is already plaguing our world in so many people. Like, if, if you just go on Google and start typing in this idea of, like, I don't matter, it, it, it just, everything comes up. How many people are typing this in? How many people are going on different forums and typing in? I just feel like I don't matter in this world anymore. And thankfully, in the list of these, it brings up, you know, Suicide Watch websites, things like that. But this idea of feeling like I don't matter. Why should I even bother? No one notices what I do. The world would go on without me. Uh, I'm not making an impact. I don't matter. All right, that thought has probably crossed maybe every one of our minds at some point in our life. I don't matter. All right, and, and that thought of insignificance, I don't make a difference, it might be one of the most damaging, detrimental, destructive thoughts that you can have. All right, not, not to mention it is one of the biggest lies that you could believe, that you don't matter. And maybe this isn't a huge thought that fills your mind, uh, but this, it's a place that's truly dangerous. All right, having this thought, something that continually goes through your mind. All right? So I, I want us to just kind of focus on this this morning, and I want all of us to walk out of here today realizing this. You matter. You matter. All right, so I want us to look at this passage today, and I believe that God's Word has just some really strong truth that tells us why every single one of us in this room matters. So the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to a network of churches, uh, and in the second half of the letter, he focuses on the ideas of unity and holiness. All right, the, the second half of Ephesians focuses on that. And this is a constant theme for Paul, shows up in almost all of his letters. Uh, and he gives out this list of gifts that God has given to people. Uh, and by extension, he has given to the church. Now remember, uh, this is about unity. So when he talks about this, it isn't meant to separate people into categories. I think oftentimes we, we read a list like this and we think, oh, that's where I am or that's where that person is and we separate people out. But remember, the focus of this part of the letter is unity. So if we are separating people out, we are missing something in this letter and we aren't doing it correctly. All right? And, and this is not an exhaustive list by any means uh, of the gifts that God has given people. Several times in Paul's letters, uh, he lists off various gifts that people have. And all throughout Scripture... We see God use different people in, in many different ways, making use of the gifts that he's given them. All right, so what we are meant to get from this part of scripture is not actually a list of gifts. What we are meant to get here is the purpose as to why God would give different people different gifts. That, that's what we are looking at here. If this were all about the gifts, we would have an exhaustive list of every single thing that God gives people. All right, and this list was, was crucial to the early church just to get started. So let's look at our passage. Verse 11, all right? Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So God gives gifts to people. 
Uh, and something we need to understand is we see in Scripture, uh, and I'm not going to go very deep into this, is that everyone is given gifts. Everyone is given gifts. Everybody in this room, God has given you specific gifts. All right, every single person, we see this throughout Scripture, everyone is given gifts. Every person is given abilities, talents, uh, things that they are good at. God did not miss somebody when he was handing this out, despite what you might think. All right, even if we think we were missed, it's most likely because usually we're actually jealous of someone else and the giftings they have. Right? Like we look at someone else and we're like, I wish I had those giftings. So then we feel like we were missed and we don't have anything to offer simply because we're comparing ourselves and we're looking at somebody else. All right, so everyone is given abilities and we need to start this morning on that common ground. Where that brings us to is, is this then. Why? Why does God give us these gifts? Well, we get a reason uh, listed for these gifts, the four gifts listed here. Uh, and the purpose is for equipping other believers. These people are supposed to equip other believers, and then those believers that are now equipped are meant to build up the church, other believers again. All right, so there's a theme running in this, if you didn't catch it. Uh, and, and here's the theme. Your gift isn't for you. Your gifts were given to you for the benefit of others. All right, and, and this is missed so often. We think God gave me this, how can I use it? And, and the focus comes back on us when the reality that we need to understand is God gave you everything that you have, every talent, ability, everything that you have for the purpose of other people. If you are using gifts God has given you for your own benefit, you are doing it wrong. All right, now, will you personally benefit from using your gifts? Yes. And in fact, as we read on, it tells us what that benefit is. Verse 13, this will continue until all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So God gave you your gifts for the benefit of others. And as you use those gifts, the benefit that you are going to see in your life is that you are going to grow in maturity. We are going to grow in unity. You are going to grow in maturity. All right, now that may sound lame, but I, I love the analogies that Paul uses here. And it's quick to, it's easy to gloss over them too fast. All right, the way that he describes someone without maturity in their faith. And this is what it looks like. All right, so, so picture this with me this morning. Think about our world today. Think about people. Uh, think about your life, specifically your spiritual life. Do these analogies that Paul uses ever line up with how you feel like your life is going? All right, so the first one is a child. All right, children are immature. They're unable to care for themselves. They have to depend on someone else to do things for them. They're vulnerable and almost constantly one step away from seriously getting hurt. Right, like I have three little kids, and at any given moment, life is completely fine, and the next second, all of them are crying. All right, like it's, you're, they're just one moment away from something bad happening. Now think of someone who has began to follow Christ. All right, and, and maybe they still are in this place of kind of immaturity where their relationship with God, 
all right? They are unable to care for themselves. They don't know what the next step is. Uh, they have to depend on someone else to lead them along. And oftentimes, they might be one step away from really screwing things up in their life. All right, this is kind of that idea we get. The next image is a little boat out at sea. All right, and it's in a storm. Uh, if you take your little fishing boat out on Lake Superior, okay, the boat that works here on Cedar Lake, uh, on Lake Charlotte, any of those, and you go up to Lake Superior, where we just moved from, from Duluth, and you bring it out on that lake, you are going to be in trouble. All right, like it's, they just are not meant to do the same. So think of a little boat out on the ocean on Lake Superior. A storm comes, you have these massive waves. That boat is at the mercy of the storm. Doesn't matter how hard you try and steer it, doesn't matter what you do, you are at the mercy of the storm. All right? So your spiritual life, if you're like this boat without maturity, you will be directionless. You'll be at the mercy of the wind and the waves and the storms that come up in your life. All right? You will be on the verge of breaking up at any moment and just crumbling. And the last one is someone who's getting tricked or swindled. It's, it's the person getting scammed by a phone call or an email, okay? Nowadays, like, maybe you are supporting a Nigerian prince because of some email that came, all right? You have been swindled, if you didn't know that, all right? Whatever it is, nowadays, it's, there's a warrant out for your arrest, and guess what? Your car is also about to lose its warranty, Okay, go and take care of these things. That's, that, this is the picture that Paul's giving us. Like, you can get swindled and tricked easily. What does that look like in our spiritual life? Well, there are new teachings that come along, and it's easy to say, man, that's awesome. That's great. I, I want to follow that. You mean that the Bible actually teaches that I can be really rich, I can spend all my money on myself, and that's totally fine. That's what God wants because he wants me to be happy? Great, I'm going to go along with that idea. That's a lot easier than giving stuff away. You can be tricked so easily and fall away from the true gospel. One thing happens and all of a sudden you're going down this path and you're like, well, how did I end up here? This doesn't look like the Christianity that I once knew. There was a group at a church that, that I uh, was at at one point and someone started talking about this idea of like, you know what, you, you actually, biblically speaking, within scripture, you don't need to pay taxes. That's, that's what this person was kind of teaching some of this, this small group in the church. You don't need to pay taxes. Here's the scripture to support that. All right. And this group stops paying taxes. Okay. And you know what? At that point, it doesn't really matter if you're in the right in scripture, which they weren't. Okay. Jesus actually talks about this. But the reality is, is down the road then, the government is going up to this one guy, a friend of mine, saying, you owe this crazy amount of money because you skipped taxes for this many years. Now think about this. If God wants to use him and say, hey, I want you to support this missionary financially. I want you to give to this project. I want you to do this. His hands are tied. He, he's not going to be able to do that. God can no longer use him in the way that he wanted to because he's been led astray by this teaching and now there are consequences that go with that. When we are growing in maturity with other believers around us, they can say, hey, don't listen to that. That is not good teaching. That's not good teaching. So God gives us gifts. We use those gifts for the benefit of others. Uh, and, and then we grow and they grow because of it. All right, and as we grow, we use more gifts. Others grow, we grow. You see how this keeps going. This is how it's meant to be. Can we see the idea that Paul is trying to get across here? All right, here, here's this idea. When one person in a community grows, everyone benefits. Everyone benefits. 
When you grow in your relationship with God, the people sitting in your row, they benefit. When you grow in your relationship with God, the people sitting in the next section over from you, they benefit. When someone in a community grows, everybody benefits. A rising tide lifts all boats. All right, except it isn't entirely true. All right, it actually, the tide only lifts the boats that are in that area. If there's a boat off in a different ocean, that boat does not rise. If there's a boat that is on a trailer on land not being used, that boat does not rise. Our gifts help each other grow. That's the purpose, but only when we are together. All right, if one of us is off in our own ocean doing our own thing, if one of us has kind of been like, ah, I'm good, I'm in a season where I'm just going to take it easy, don't really need to work, I'm going to put my boat up on a trailer, that boat's not rising. All right, like we, we only grow when we are in community together. If you aren't part of the community, you're not going to be helping others grow. And you're not going to be benefiting from the growth of others. Paul finishes this passage with this line that basically pulls all of it together and sums it up. Verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Every person has a special work to do. Every person has a purpose. So understand this today. All right, I keep talking about gifts that we are given and, and using these gifts. But the main thing we need to understand about gifts uh, is that it's not about the talent or the ability, what you can do or what you have to offer. All right, if, if that's the way you're thinking, you're missing it. Because your abilities aren't the gifts. You are. That's what we see in this passage. Your presence in the community, and your willingness to be used and to step out, that is actually what the gift is. Now realize, yes, we all have been given gifts. We have things that we can use. But those things don't matter, okay? It doesn't matter how talented someone is or what they can do if they aren't using them in the right way. If they are using their gifts for themselves and not using them at all, that, that gift means nothing, so don't get wrapped up in what you can do and what you can't do. All right, I've seen a lot of people take different quizzes uh, and tests to try and figure out what their spiritual gifts are. I'm not totally opposed to that, uh, but I think it can sometimes make us miss the point. All right, we need to be less concerned with identifying our gifts and more concerned about being a gift. That's what we need to focus on. All right, I'm going to take a minute. And I, I, I'm going to brag on, on Mike, and he's going to hate every minute of this, okay? Uh, Mike is such a gift to me, all right? And I, I want to explain how. Okay, on Sunday mornings, uh, we have people that, that get here at different times. All of us kind of get here at different times in the building. My, well, Mike is usually the second person here. Uh, he comes early, and he usually comes up to me right away and asks, is there anything that you need? <clears throat> and if I need something, he'll do it right away. And then he goes around the building and he takes care of things that I have forgotten about. And he takes care of things that he sees need to be taken care of. All right, for the last three or four months, uh, when you got here and we had porta potties and those porta potties were warm, it was because of Mike. 
All right, Mike runs an extension cord. He, he brings the heaters out there. He sets them up. He does all of this, okay? And he just, he, he goes so far, and he just, he blesses me every single week. He goes and finds my guitar. Uh, he brings it out, takes it out of the case, puts it up here on stage, pulls everything out of the case. He plugs it in. He gets all of my stuff ready. I have not asked him to do this. He just does this. Okay, every single week. And then he goes and he finds me a water. And Emily had to get me another one because I already drank one water today. All right, and Mike finds me a water. He brings me a, a water. All these things. I have not asked for any of this. And Mike does this. And then at the end of the day, when everyone is getting up and leaving, Mike is putting everything away. He's putting my guitar away. He's taking care of all this. When we used to have the projector back there, he'd grab a ladder. He'd climb up because we didn't have a remote. And he'd press the button and turn it on. And Mike is just doing all of these things. All right, and after church, she's doing the same thing. A few weeks ago, his son was here visiting, and church service ended. It was a day that we were taking communion, and I stood there and watched as his son, who I had never met before, hadn't been here in a long time. I don't know if he's been here before, but his son, without any prompting, doesn't go to our church, lives in the cities, starts walking up and down every row, picking up the empty communion cups and going and throwing them away. And it, it, I just stood there just watching in awe of this heart you know, and that heart is something that, that you learn by watching other people do that. All right, Mike's son has watched him do that over the years. And, and that's, that's where you get a heart like that. All right, he, he's always there to do whatever, whatever I need. All right, now think about the tasks that I just listed off that Mike does on a Sunday morning. How many of you guys have those tasks written on your resume? Right, like when you send a resume to an employer, you're like, hey, I'm really good at going and getting a, a bottle of water. Does that help with this job? Hey, I, I, can, I can look around the room and see what needs to be done. I, I, you know, actually, that's, that's a pretty good talent. There's people that are missing that. The point is this. What Mike is doing is, is a massive gift to me. And it's not about the abilities. It's about his willingness to just show up and use whatever God has given him to be a blessing to others. That, that's what this gifting thing is about. It's not about what gift do I have, where do I fall in the hierarchy. Oh, I'm, I'm so good at this. I'm better than, than this whole group of people. Remember, this part of the letter is about unity, about bringing people together. All right, it, it is about being that gift. Mike is a gift to me. Not just Mike. There, there's others in this room um, as well, and, and I appreciate it. Others appreciate it. Some people just don't even notice these types of things happening. But our church is stronger because of these type of people. Our church is stronger because of it. All right? You matter. So if you came in here today thinking that you didn't matter, realize that there are not any machines that are getting ordered that are going to replace what you do in this church. All right? Your presence in the body of Christ cannot be automated. Your presence in this community cannot be outsourced to a machine. You matter. Your presence in this community matters. As church services reach a place where they, they you know, some things may seem like they get automated, right? Like right now, you could sit behind a computer screen and you can watch church services. We can sit behind a phone or a TV and watch church in Sock Center or tons of churches around the nation. All right, but your physical presence in the body of Christ matters. 
Understand that when you aren't here, it hurts the community. This, this is not just about, uh, I'm going to show up whenever I want and whenever I need it. I had a rough week. I need to go to church. That's not what this is about. All right, I know people say, I can find God other places. I can find God in the woods, sitting in my deer stand. Yeah, I'm sure you can, but you can't find the body of Christ out in your deer stand. If you do, you're probably not seeing any deer anyways. That's way too many people. All right, there is, there is something different about the weekends here when, when everyone's here. There is something different. Let me just tell you that. When I walk away from a weekend and just pretty much everybody was here, that weekend is different. And now we could say that the, the, the shallow answer would be, well, of course, like when there's more people there, it's going to be more exciting, more fun. Yeah, there actually is some truth to that. Like if you don't believe that, just watch any sporting arena right now. Okay, they know that's so true that they are actually making cardboard cutouts and putting them in the stands trying to pretend like people are there. All right, more people, yes, there's more energy, there's more, yes, that is a shallow level, and, but it is true. But there is so much more than that. Okay, it's not just because of more people, more numbers, that's more exciting. It's when the community comes together. When the community comes together and we use our gifts, and we're a gift to the people around us, and we check in, we say, how was your week? What's going on? Is there anything I can be praying for in your life? That matters. That matters. We get to build each other up. We get to equip each other. We get to help others grow. We can help someone else weather the storm that they are going through. But we can't do that if we aren't together. We can't do that from behind a computer screen. We can't do that off in our own little world. It happens when we're together. All right, growing up, for me, there was church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and there was probably some other thing thrown in there. And being a regular attender at church meant that you went to all of those. And I have slept on more pews as a kid than I can count, okay? Because you just you end up at church all the time. Now, there was a negative side of that where you very easily are like, I am churched out. I just don't want to be here. All right, but then it slowly moves away from that. Sunday night really kind of stopped at most churches. Um, Wednesday night looks a lot different for them. And it's really kind of come down to this Sunday morning. And then it kind of was like, okay, to be a regular attender, it's, it's someone that shows up you know, three out of four Sundays. You actually know that the, the groups that take these statistics, they have been changing what they classify as a regular attender. And the regular attender has moved from this, you know, two to three times a month, two to three times every four weeks. Now it's down to something like once every four to six weeks is a regular attender. All right? And that's, hear my heart on this, guys. This is not a, this is not a guilt trip. All right? If you feel guilty, feel free to take next weekend off. Feel free to take the next month off. This is not about guilt. This is about what does it mean to be part of a community and to grow together and to move in this direction. And, and we need to realize that the church is weaker when you're not here. Understand that. The church is weaker when you're not here. 
And if you don't believe that, then that probably means that you don't think that you have giftings and you don't think that you matter. And I'm telling you today, you matter. You matter. You matter to this church. You matter to this community. You matter to the people sitting in this room. All right, this isn't about what we need and when we need church. That is a consumer mindset, and that is a dangerous direction that the modern church is going. I'm going to show up when I need it for what I need and do whatever fits me. So my challenge for us is, is this today. All right, and understand, I, I love online. It's not going away. All right, more and more things are moving towards the internet. It's an amazing supplement to what we're doing, but it's not, it's not a replacement. So my challenge for us is this today. Be present in this community and make that presence a gift. All right, be present in this community. If you call this your community, if you don't call this your community, totally fine, do what you want. <laughs> All right, but if this is your community, be present in this community. And when you're here, make that presence a gift. Whatever that looks like. We've talked about this before. We, we've said things like, hey, find your spot. We have all sorts of ministries you can be part of. One thing I love about building projects is there, there's a ton of skills in this room that don't really get used on like a, a Sunday weekend. Okay, but in a building project, you can be like, yeah. Hey, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. That's all these things. We have had people that have been here and part of the building projects that, that they normally wouldn't probably be able to find ways to use those same giftings and say like, oh God, I'm using this for you. And, and that's been really fun and exciting. But what is it that you can offer? What is it that you can offer? Like right now, we're, we have, we've had one nursery for a long time. The second one, we have all the flooring in, things like that. We're getting it furnished, hopefully this week or the following one. And I know the goal is actually to be ready, at least, with the amount of volunteers, <clears throat> where we could have both nurseries uh, open at Easter. But that means we, we need people. We need people that would say, hey, I, I can do that. I can be part of that. And it matters. We, we gather every Sunday morning, everyone that's volunteering, and we remind ourselves why we're doing this, because every single job matters. It's not just holding a door open for people. Okay, there are people that walk through our doors, and they have so many walls between them and God because of the way that a church has treated them before, because of the way that Christians have been two-faced and hypocritical, all these different things. Realize, when you're in this building, you are part of removing that wall between somebody and God. Oh, you had Christians treat you terribly? Well, hey, let, let me show you love beyond what you would expect. Your presence matters. Your presence matters. I, I want to do this. I want to just take 30 seconds, and I want to challenge you in this room to say, God, what could I be doing to be more of a gift? What could I be doing to benefit to this community, to the people in this room? You know, and he may say, hey, you need to move from a place of spiritual immaturity to a place of maturity. Okay, you need to begin to grow in your relationship so that God can use you. He may say, hey, you need to get out of this self-centered idea and begin to look at how can I impact the people around me.
I, I don't know what it, maybe he's even just going to say, hey, here's a spot that's weak in the church and it needs you. You are needed in this area. Okay, whatever that looks like on a Sunday morning throughout the week. So I want us to take time, I want us to ask God this question. And, and if you feel like God is saying, hey, you need to go talk to Pastor Josiah about that. Because what you feel that you're good at, just you, don't need, you look around and you don't see it. Maybe that's how much we need you. We don't even have those gifts. All right, but let's, let's take 30 seconds. Let's take a minute right now and just, just you and God make a spot where you're sitting and say, God, what is it? What is it that I could be doing? Maybe God's speaking to you this morning and just saying, hey, you need to be more present. And I, I completely understand that people have, have jobs and some of those jobs don't allow you to be as present as what you want to be. I get that. Again, hear my heart. There's, there's zero guilt that's trying to be had here. But maybe God's just saying, hey, you need to make it a bigger priority to be part of the community, to be in other people's lives. Maybe he's saying, hey, you're there, but make your presence a gift. Make it so that, that people realize you're there, that, that people hurt when you aren't there because what you do is missing. How many of us in this room this morning would say that God is, is speaking something to you this morning, something specific? I don't need to know what that is, but you would just say, all right, you know what? In this time, I feel like God is speaking to me and I feel like I have something laid in front of me that I need to step out and do. How many of you guys would say that's you? That's where you're at. God, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would just challenge us. God, right now, if we are feeling, uh, if our first place that we're going is getting defensive about things, God, I pray that you would just remove that. Um, that's not what this is about. It's not about trying to say that, that, you know, we're already good, we're already doing this. God, it's about constantly asking you, God, what can I be doing better? How can I look more like you? So Lord, I pray that you just speak to us, God, this morning, uh, this afternoon, this evening, throughout this week, that you would challenge us. God, plant ideas in, in our head of how we can serve you, how we can serve uh, your church, God, in another way. God, and I pray that we would remember that this is such an amazing opportunity that we get to serve you. This is not something we have to do. This is something we get to do. So Lord, I pray that you just continue to challenge us uh, throughout this week. Lord, bring other people from this community into our lives that can speak into us and even say, hey, I see this in you. Have you ever thought about doing this? Have you thought about pushing yourself further? Have you thought about trying something new? Before we close up today, I just one last thing eyes still kind of closed and just kind of in our own spot. If you're here this morning and you feel like, well, I don't even feel like I'm part of a community. I don't feel like I've ever made a decision to be part of, um, you know, not only just a church, but even the family of God. I feel like I've kind of just been on my own little island, living my life, trying my best, but there's something more and I want something more. I need a change in my life. If that's you this morning and you'd say, I, I want to 
give my life to God. I want to make Jesus the center of my focus and begin to live my life with the direction going towards him. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up so that I can pray with you this morning. If that's you, would you do that now? Yep. Yep. Let's do this together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead a prayer right now and I would love for everybody in the room just to kind of go through this and say this with me. It's not a magic formula. This is something that if you mean these words and you can paraphrase them however you want, you mean something like this in your heart that I, that I believe that God wants to change your life. So would you just repeat this with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking away all my mistakes. I want to surrender my life to you. Help me to follow you the rest of my life. Amen. Hey, can we celebrate that? That's, that is just such an amazing decision that we can make. Uh, that, that's one of the best decisions. Realize that that's not something we just do and, oh, wow, life is perfect. This is about now. Okay, let's, let's, let's get surrounded by other believers because this life is difficult. It is hard to do this and we are not meant to do it on our own. All right, so... Uh, hey, thanks for being with us today. Um, we are excited. Man, come and talk to me. If, you, if there's a way that you want to get involved in the community, that you feel like uh, you have something to offer, but you don't know how, come and talk to myself. Talk to somebody that you can already see is serving and say, hey, how, how could I be part of this? How could I be part of this community uh, in a way that I'm not already? All right, thanks. Thank you guys. You guys are dismissed.